welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I am Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Um, before we get into that, we want to remind you that our social media links are in the show notes below. Um, I'm kind of prepared this time. I can tell you our Instagram is the PHX Nest pod and Twitter is PHX Nest. Um, also, we have a Goodreads. That link's down below. And we also have an email. So if you have any suggestions for uh, what you want us to read next, definitely send us an email and let us know. Um, let's get into the book. Do you want to read the synopsis, Kat? I do, but first we should probably tell them what we're reading. Oh, yeah. We're reading Well Met. <clears throat> yeah. Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Um, this was one that I had seen and thought had a cute cover. It's a very simple cover compared to, well, our last one that we <laughs> just talked oh. about. Um, but it's really cute. It is cute. And it was my favorite color, <clears throat> which is like... Like a mint green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Jen DeLuca, welcome to Tucson, Arizona. <gasps> welcome to Tucson. You have to try EG's. Because the week this comes out yeah. will be the week. Right around Let's the see. time, yeah. EG's, Reforma. Um, you have to go to obviously downtown. downtown. Um, the Hippie Gypsy, if you have the opportunity, if they're open, go. I know. You need to eat a Respado. Oh, uh, if you need to know where to go to get Respados, <laughs> let us know. Oh, we'll Sonoran you. Hot Dog. Hello. Sonoran Hot Dogs. There's, like, a bunch of other things that aren't as specific, but these are ones that are, like, you have to hitters. And then you also have to make sure that you are getting in touch with Mostly Books. Um, the best place to buy books. It's where we buy all of our books. <laughs> little plug for them yeah but also don't forget they're there and if you have anything you need from us jen just let us know we live here we would be happy to help you oh be careful with the monsoon you're right in the middle of the start of monsoon season Mm -hmm. so don't drive through any water even if it looks very shallow it's a trick we have a dumb motorist law here uh you will get fined big time if it's water just don't just go the other way yeah, even if people are going through it and you're not so sure because your car is smaller, just don't do it because hydroplaning is scary shit. Oh, it is a bad time. And when you get here, figure out what mountain is what. That's how you're going to know which direction to go. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. That's how I got it. Because I'm not. Yeah, I've lived here my whole life, though. Yeah, I'm not originally from here, so um, I learned the directions, like cardinal directions, based on the mountain ranges, which is easiest, but is also not something. That, like, stuck with me in childhood for some reason. No? I don't know. I, like, I know Mount Lemon is to the north. Yeah. But mountain ranges, like the Catalina Scenarios, like that stuff, I'm like, yeah, well, I know where they are. Yeah. It doesn't tell me much. It's but, a, I, had to, I had to learn where they were to learn <coughs> where my directions are. And everything in Tucson is on a grid system, but also be aware you could be on one street and then still be on that street and it'll be a different street name. There's only, like, two of them, though, so it's fine. That's a couple of them. When I got here, we I had... I said two. We, there was, well, I think there's more than two. It's cold that turns into Grant. Yeah. Well, because cold And then turns, river turns into... Alvernon. Yeah. Alvernon turns into Palo Verde if you don't get off. Yeah, but no one goes that way. Just you. Just me, because I live over just here. Just you, because you have to. <laughs> so, uh, Kat, do you want to go ahead and read the synopsis for Wilmot? I sure do. Here we go. Emily knew there would be strings attached when she relocated to the small town of Willow Creek, Maryland. To help her sister. But who could have anticipated getting roped into volunteering for the local Renaissance Fair? Or that the irritating and inscrutable school teacher in charge of the volunteers would be so annoying that she finds it impossible to stop thinking about him? The fair is Simon's family legacy, 
and he makes it clear he doesn't have time for Emily's lighthearted approach to life, her oddball Shakespeare conspiracy theories, or her endless suggestions for new acts to shake things up. Yet on the fairgrounds, he becomes a different person, flirting freely with Emily when she's in her revealing wench's costume. But is this attraction real, or just part of the characters they're portraying? This summer was only supposed to be a pit stop for Emily, but now she can't shake the fantasy of calling Willow Creek and Simon home. Yes. How did you feel about this one? Um, so, I started out pretty skeptical okay. about this book, partly because I have a weird thing when things are about school and teachers. You are that a teacher. It feels too close. Yeah. And I often don't like how they're portrayed. Okay. I don't know why, though. Maybe it's like the whole, like, porn thing. You know what I mean? Uh, explain that. okay um like a lot of porn references that you get when you're a teacher are about like you're the teacher and like the naughty student or like okay yeah and that always really turns me off in movies and books when it's kind of shuffled that direction when it's romance okay yeah because i'm like like, yeah, I'm a teacher, but I'm not always a teacher. <laughs> so, you know, that's just my personal thing. But I was I was surprised in the best of ways that I enjoyed this book. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I said that I picked this one because it had a really cute cover, and it's my favorite color. But also, um, when I read what it was about, mm-hmm. this hit every one of my nerdy little, like, checklist hits. Like, the things I love. I'm okay. a giant nerd. Um, we have another book on our um, our list. I think we're going to do it in January unless I shuffle things around a little bit. Um, it's called Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Mm-hmm. It comes out in October. Um, it's about a girl who's, like, super in love with this TV show, and she writes fan fiction about the TV show and finds out that someone who also, like, read and writes the fan fiction <laughs> is actually... The guy who portrays the main character in that show. Oh, weird. And it hits all of my nerd, and then I'm just like, I have to really, read this book. Really, this is perfect. Yes. So okay. we're going we're gonna to read another really nerdy one. Sometimes. I feel like we read a lot of pretty nerdy. A lot of contemporary ones, I think, would fall into, like, a nerdy category. Okay. Um. So you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would say I was surprised. I think I went into it knowing that I would really like it. Okay. And I was lucky that I did really like it. Okay. I I thought this was one of the most adorable books I've read. It was really sweet. It was very sweet. Like, from cover to cover, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. I, so I initially wanted to read this when the Arizona Rent Fair was happening. Okay. But then we didn't do it. I don't remember why. Um. I think we were doing, I think we were doing, um, two successful books things. Yeah, we did a different book. We had to swap them out. Yeah, which was really upsetting, because this has been sitting on my little cart over there, staring at me, going, read me, and I'm like, I will eventually, I promise, Um, and I finally got to, and hooray, it's the first book I got to read that I didn't feel like absolute shit, because the last, like, three books was when I was real sick, and I was like, this sucks. I read this one so fast, and I'm really proud of myself. It was an easy read, too. Yeah, it was very easy easy read. The writing is really well done. It just, it has a natural flow to it mm-hmm. where it's not super forced like a lot of other books that we've read. Yeah. And that's something that, I don't want to say it's rare, um, but 
it has to be like a really good combination of characters and plot. But I think also so. we're kind of picky. Oh yeah, I'm hella picky about books. You are hella picky yeah. about books. I can be pretty picky too. Like I know exactly like what I want out of a book. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like the normal stuff that I read, which is like the sci-fi fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading a, a romance, I don't, I mean, I have certain elements that I want. We've discussed this, the tropes that I want, things like that. Um, this is an enemies to lovers. We know how I feel about those. It's also like a different version of enemies yeah. to lovers that we've had thus far mm-hmm. because it's, I don't know how to explain It's not as, it's like not ferocious. As, yeah, it's not in as the hating. Yeah, it's not as heavy yeah. on the hate. Um, yeah. it's it's just a mild it's like disdain. Yeah, and it's like a mild annoyance. Yeah, she's annoyed by him, and he's just like, "You don't know anything. You've never done this before." He's just like a little condescending. He's very much. I have to be in charge, but it uh-huh. that's got a lot to do with what we're going to get into later. Yeah. Um. So, what do we want to talk about first on the lovely list? Oh gosh. Well, I guess we can talk about just a Ren Fair in general. I mean, I don't know. You, you've been to a Ren Fair? No. Oh, no. What? I, as nerdy as I am, I have never Why? been. Because I'm working. I work so damn much. It's on the weekends. I know, but I work on the weekends. Yeah, on Sundays. I know. And I, it's like, every time I want to go, I think my problem is, is that I'm too afraid to go by myself. Like, I wouldn't go by myself. I don't want to go alone. And I know you you go with students. Yeah, and that's a little bit different than just regular run parties. Yeah. Or at least, I would hope it's different ever, but definitely in Arizona it's different. They have student days where groups of students have, like, discounted tickets and they do specific shows and there's, like, no alcohol and there's not much titty out and, like, you know. Okay, so I can't... It's a little bit more PG-13 than, the, like, our version I need to go to the, the R version. Yeah. I need the titty out. Busty. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. But they so, have, like, really fun activities. So I think once um, we're allowed to go, because, you so know. So next year. So next year. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to make a trip, because I definitely need to go. Um, yeah, I missed this last one because my nephew is being born. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I just, I feel like I can't commit to being in the middle of nowhere without a car. Just this in place. case. Yeah. I definitely want to go. Like, it, it speaks to everything that I am as a giant nerd. Well, there's so much to do there. Like, it's not just you walk around and eat turkey legs. There's definitely turkey legs, which is so... I don't eat them. They freak me out. They're so big and, like... Okay, but we also have to discuss if you don't eat... The reason you don't eat turkey legs is because they freak you out. But you guys have to understand that cat is afraid of dead things. Yeah. And I think the turkey leg is just too close to being a dead it's thing. It's pretty, it's huge. And it's this afternoon, but like, I'm not a dark meat person. Oh, that is weird. And um, so that's kind of the problem as well. It's like, they're huge. And then it's all dark meat. And, oh, like, like, my dream. Just, I want to walk around with a giant turkey leg, a tankard of good beer, and okay. just live my best life with all those really busty It's really tops. fun. Like, there are some things that I've gone through the past. Um, so I didn't go this past year, but I went for the two previous years. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we just always do. Um, we always go to at least one jousting tournament, oh, which yes. is fun and kind of confusing on how people just don't die even if it's fake. Yeah. I don't understand that because they do hit each other 
And they do, like, break stuff. So oh. I don't understand that. But we do that. Um, there's someone that walks around with pretzels. <gasps> like, big, huge pretzels that are amazing. Oh, my God. And then they have, like, really specific stalls that you can stop in their activities. Okay. Um, so we did archery. There's, like, a knife-throwing one. There's one where you can throw tomatoes at someone who heckles you. <laughs> um, I don't do that one. I let the kids out. It's really funny because they start getting really mad and they can't, like, hit the dude. Hit the dude. Yeah, it's really good. That's um, amazing. They do, like, different comedy shows. And then my favorite, favorite stall that we stop at, this one sounds so weird, my favorite one is a medieval map maker. Okay, but that's cool. Yeah. So they make, they hand-draw maps, and they're of both real things and fantasy things, so you can get, like, different worlds in video games, but you can also get, like, Jurassic Park, and you can get, like, anatomy, there's, like, plants, and there's, like, what the world used to look like or what it would look like if it was flat, like, it's just really fun. And then there's, of course, like, accurate ones, like, I got an Arizona map for my family, that was really cool. I remember you showing me that one. I need to go. I definitely like, 100% need to go. And get, like, a garland. Oh. I have a flower crown for sure. Oh, my God. That's so, adorable. So good. I, um, so, this is going to sound really bad. One of my favorite movies is Heath Ledger's A Night Tale. Okay. A Night's Tale. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. And the fact that I have never been to a run fair to see jousting, like, even if it is kind of fake, is kind of sad. Like, it's a little bit far, because it's out, ours is out by Florence. Yes, it's Florence. That weird fairgrounds. Yeah. Um, it's a little expensive. But, I mean, if you're just going for a day, like, there are people that go every day that it's here. Like, every weekend day or something. Yeah. I, that's, like, super crazy expensive. No, I can't. One, I can do a day. It's a, it's a fun time. Okay, so we're going to have to do that. <laughs> so, this book is based on... Willow Creek's Red right. Fair. Yep. Um, Simon's older brother. Yes. Older brother? Yes. Yes. Older Sean. brother, Sean, um, was the creator of this Renaissance Fair. Yeah. And he went to, like, a big one uh-huh. and decided, our little town can do this and make it a fundraiser. We have to do this. And everyone was like, you're so right, Sean. Because he was, like, this magnetic, charismatic person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it originally started out that it was on um, the school's football field, um, and then it moved into the woods area. Which is where a red fest should be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Arizona will not do that because we don't have woods. It would be too much work to make it. <laughs> Could you imagine the only place have a desert-ass field? <laughs> oh, God. The only way that they'd be able to do it is, like, up north. Or on... And even then, it'd be really hard to do. Yeah. Um, so... They, you know, this Oktoberfest in Mount Vernon. Yeah, I've been. I'm German. I, I was little. Yeah, my mom drag, dragged me up there because we're German, and she looked at me and said, "I need spatzel, so let's go." I was like, "All right, fair." It did not have spatzel. Upsetting. She didn't know that beforehand. No, she, I think it was more that she just wanted to get us out of the house, like cause, you know, it was me, my daughter at the time. You yeah, know, we, she was younger, um, and we were trying to find something fun to do. So we ended up um, on Mount Lemon uh, for Oktoberfest. We had bratwurst and German potato salad, and it was best ever. <laughs> there was polka. <laughs> of course, they were because we're German. Yeah, um, but. They wouldn't be able to do it really well 
hair in the woods. They yeah, try. yeah, their best bet is the dusty field. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So, based on this, though, like, the stalls that they have... Yeah. ...sounded <clears throat> amazing. Especially, like, the merchants, I think, are super fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they kind of had... Everybody was just kind of there. Like, they all had their parts. They all had their roles to play. So, this book starts out... Um, Emily is taking her niece... Caitlin. Yep. I only remembered it's Caitlin because that's my middle name. <laughs> that's how I remembered. Um, but she's taking her niece in to audition for the Red Fair. Right. And she is told while they're standing in line that she can only do it if she has an adult volunteer. Which so is normal because she's only 14. Yeah. So. so she's roped into it and she's like, fine, I'll do it. She fills out the paperwork. She doesn't fill it out right according to Simon. He's like, this is wrong. And he's really kind of stuffy, and he doesn't really want anybody to change anything about anything. He has, like, iron jeans and a button-down shirt with a vest. Like, he sounds adorably nerdy, and I love it. Yeah. Um, and as their, you know, their rehearsals go on and on, um, she keeps trying to get him to allow them to have a fake Shakespeare. Not a real Shakespeare. They want a fake one. Because she wants like multiple imposters. Because of a conspiracy theory. Now, Kat? Yeah. You went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not. Um, but we're both um, kind of nerds when it comes to Shakespeare. Do you have a conspiracy theory about Shakespeare that you like or that you know? No, like, well, I know the one that she's referencing okay. about how. Shakespeare didn't actually write his own plays. And I've seen, there's, like, a documentary mm-hmm. explaining, like, why he was probably not real and, like, why he wasn't actually the one who was writing this. I don't I don't necessarily think that's true. I think no. it's kind of funny to do it the way that Emily is describing, like, the imposters, where it's really Marlowe. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't think that that's... The way that, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think so either. Um, the one that I do believe, I do believe that Shakespeare was gay, either bi or gay, 100%. Well, a lot of his sonnets were written to men. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And anytime someone's like, no, Shakespeare was straight. And I'm like, mm, but was he though? No. But was he though? I don't think he was. Not at all. Um, if you were to have a red fair, right. would you have Shakespeare? Um, I don't see why not. I think especially if you're not trying to be historically accurate, then you would kind of want a Shakespeare yeah. persona type thing, you know, there just to to be reciting poetry and, you know, accusing people of things. Like, just how his plays were, you know? Yes. It would be funny. It would be great. It would be so funny. I think that they should have, um, at Red Fairs, they should have at least one of Shakespeare's comedies. Or a reading of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Just something to honor him. Willie Shakes deserves the space, guys. Just gonna say it. It's a big deal. I mean, was he probably the best person in that period? No. no. But, no. like, he's one of the most well-known. He's one of the most prolific in the, from the area. Oh, definitely. 100%. How many Shakespeare plays did you have to read in college? Um, so I actually had to take a Shakespeare class for my literature degree. Okay. And so I want to say we read three of them. Okay. We read Hamlet. Uh-huh. Common. 
we read, um, did you do King Lear? God, I can't remember. I remember going with you um, to buy some of the plays at Bookman's. Why can't I remember the name of Shakespeare plays now? That's weird. <laughs> like, normally I, I can. If you go uh, in there on the shelf, the complete works is sitting in there. Because I'm just that kind of nerd that has the complete works of Shakespeare on her bookshelf. I got them when I was 14. Um, I had to read, let's see, I read Othello for fun, and then my mom had to write a paper on it, and I helped. It was great. Um, obviously, you read Romeo and Juliet. I read that, though, in high school. Yeah, we read it. Oh, Midsummer Night's Dream. <gasps> oh, I love that one. That one was good. The Tempest. Oh, I took a whole class that was based around the Tempest. How was that? Really difficult. Was it? It was because you didn't just break it down scene by scene. You broke down everything in the scene. Oh, God. And, like, the meaning of it all. Oh, Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado was good, too. Um, I read Taming of the Shrew and Henry IV. Do you have a favorite Shakespeare adaptation? I have one, and we discussed it last night for one of our Patreon ideas, and you don't like the movie as much as you would like to like it. Because I want to like it, and I don't like it. Um, Not really. Like, like, they're fine. Okay. Okay. I don't know. So, my favorite adaptation would be 10 Things I Hate About You, which is an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Yes. Um, And then, also, I I love, and we had this discussion as well. Yes. I absolutely love the Claire Danes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. And I hate it. You hate it. I, I love hate it. hate it so much. Is it too stylized? Is that the problem? Yeah. I yeah. think it's annoying. I mean, that's fair. That's fair, I guess. Um, so we are in agreement that Shakespeare does, in fact, belong in some capacity at a rent fair. Oh, 100%. Um, I would have been okay with Emily's idea. I would have been down for that. Yeah. Like, why not? Well, because in her, most of her idea was like, and then you have to guess if this is the real Shakespeare or not. That would have been a blast. That would have been fun. That would have been so much fun. Simon shot it down, though. Um, Simon shot it down as he does most other ideas that she has, because don't change the fair. Um, this will kind of lead us into living up to, I have it listed as living up to dead people, but that's not how we worded it. Um, living up to the the standards that someone who has passed has created. Um, so Sean is the one who was the life of this red fair. Right. Um, Simon was not as outgoing and boisterous as Sean was. Sean was, you know, he had his, he dipped his toe into everything in, in school. You know, he did the sports. He did all of that fun stuff. He did all the things and he was popular and mm-hmm. liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sean passed away. Right. Was it, was it three years before the events of this book? I want to say three years, because he was 27 when he passed. And then um, Simon was the same age. Yeah. When he was having a hard time coming to terms with that. Um, so he passed, um, and it was kind of, ups- it was upsetting. I mean, not kind of, it was upsetting. Um, the whole town mourned, because Sean was this big, boisterous guy. Right. Um, and they weren't sure the year after he passed, if the Ren Fair was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But Simon said, no, it's, it's, it has to happen. It, it has to. We can't not do it. We have to live up to his memory. And a lot of Simon's hangups in this book are him coming to terms with the fact that it has to be the same for him. 
everything has to be just as his brother did it. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where Emily realizes at the bar, they don't get as much people sitting in certain areas because they can't see what's happening. So she decides she's going to move the tables. Mm -hmm. And he gets upset by that because that's not how Sean would have done it. Um, Right. He has this awful complex of wanting to live up to the ideals of that person, mm -hmm. but also still dealing with kind of some jealousy of not being as good as that person. Yeah. And he, it comes up a few times with not only Sean, but with Mitch as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it really is a difficult balance for him. Yeah, where he just is never feeling like he's good enough. But here's the thing, guys. You are you. They are them. You don't have to be the same people. It's fine. Is Mitch in a kilt hot? Yeah. But <laughs> Simon is pirate potter to me. I thought I would love to see our friend Mitch in a kilt. Our friend Mitch in a kilt? So we have had discussions about how we're certain Mitch swims in jeans, so... Yeah, but it'll be so <laughs> To see Mitch with legs. You didn't do that for Halloween. <gasps> no, because he's going to go as a Winchester, as always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sadness. Um, I think the storyline with Simon coming to terms with it doesn't have to be the same, uh-huh. that was really nice to see because that was some solid character growth. Yeah. Because it wasn't just him realizing that the affair could change. It was also him realizing that he can't do it all on his own. And that he needed help. He needed help, yeah. And he had people who were willing to help him. Yeah. And um, that happens. He ended up getting help. And mm-hmm. the next year is going to be phenomenal because he's not going to have all of that pressure on his shoulders. Right. Um, what, was our, uh, what was our feeling on the progression of the romance when it turned from the kind of enemies to lovers to them actually being like, something. Was it fast enough or did, cause it was a little slow burn. Yeah. The beginning, like maybe half of this book was more about Emily figuring out what she was going to do with her life. Yeah. Because she's there to care for her family. Yeah. Her sister. But she's also trying to balance fitting in somewhere where she feels like she fits in. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. She feels like this place is a good place for her, and she feels like she's making friends, but she's also balancing that with trying to care for family and then figure out, like, well, when I've worn out my welcome here, what do I do next? Yeah, I have to leave. Yeah, I'm not, not wanting to. Okay. I, I actually liked that it was slower, that it wasn't a wham-bam, they're together now, and now we have three quarters of the book to try to figure out what's going to happen next. Well, and I kind of thought that's what it was going to be when I thought um, she was going to have a little fling with Mitch. Okay. Because, just because it says they end up with one person on the back of the book, does it preclude them being with someone else? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well. I kind of wanted it to happen with Mitch, but then it didn't happen and I was okay with that. I wasn't upset. He was such a meathead. He was a meathead. Do you want to talk about meatheads with hearts of gold now? Okay. Since you made me add it to the list. First of all, meatheads are some of my favorite people. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's like a weird thing to say, and it sounds stupid, Um, but I don't know. Well, I guess meatheads are just people who are generally more into how they physically look and their athleticism than most other things. Mm -hmm. Um. I have been, I guess we're going to say, fortunate enough 
to know a lot of meatheads in my past. Not yeah. romantically, but just as friends in general. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a couple romantically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they just kind of get this bad reputation of being like stupid. That's a himbo. That's different than it's being a meathead. Really, really weird. Yeah. But people just like assume that they like don't care about things other than working out or playing sports and that they're really dumb and like, you know, all this like kind of negative stuff. And it's kind of like when we were talking about big burly men in, that, in one of our previous episodes okay. and how like they get stereotyped a certain way. Yeah. But really, I have very rarely met a meathead and I'm like, oh my god, I fucking hate you. That doesn't say that's never happened. How many of the but, meatheads at the gym have scared us, though? Okay, so if I'm being honest, like, like, people I wouldn't go up and talk to, uh-huh. like, at our most recent gym. Yeah. Um, our most recent gym seems to have, like, a higher meathead content than other gyms. <laughs> it does. Like, so the first time I joined the gym was very much the same is the gym where everyone's lifting and there's mirrored walls that oh, freak me out, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this gym is kind of like that, but not really. The middle of the road gym is the one that I went to for the longest time. Like, man, I love when I work out with old people. Yeah. Nice speed, man. Like, um, but I love meatheads. So I would say it's like a 30% average. Like, I probably wouldn't approach... I don't approach people at the gym anyway. No, because they have headphones and they're sweating and, like, I don't want to interrupt your workout. Yeah. But I would say, like, maybe 30% of the, the dudes, I would say, were unapproachable meatheads on this past gym. Yeah, oh, I would say the same. Yeah. A lot of them I don't think like anyone is ever rude or, like, yeah. mean or, like, scary. I think a lot of times, too, though, so a lot of the meatheads that we see at our gym um, would be willing to help us if we were lifting weights like idiots. There is one. We would go to, um, so we, obviously, we can't go to gyms right now because all of the gyms it's in Arizona are closed. It's literally killing me. I hate it. I I miss getting up at 4 a.m., which is a stupid thing. I, as someone who Ugh. hates going to the gym and waking up early, I miss it, which is really weird. I'm just so sad. There was a meathead at this gym, though, and I want you guys to know that Kat texted me and went, oh, my God, I found him on Instagram. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Oh, because he followed me on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't know how he found me. Yeah. And it turns out he goes to our gym, and then I was like, Holy shit, like, that's the guy from Instagram. Like, what the hell? Every time we would be in a class, there's, like, a mirror, like, a wall of windows, and you can see out. I like, don't like that they're, they're not mirrors. Uh, yeah. I wish it was the, the one-way mirror. Yeah. Because I don't like feeling like people are watching me during my workout class when I look like a dummy. When, when we're doing... When, when we do size. When we're do, oh, when we're doing pop Pilates. <laughs> I don't mind pop, but, like, that's where I have to dance and I, I kind of mind and pop when I can't get my balance. I look like I'm floundering. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of that. But, but yeah, so, yeah. Mitch is a meathead. He's got a heart of gold. Because he's also precious. Not cinnamon roll precious. No. See, that's something that you also have to separate. Like, a cinnamon roll dude is different than a meathead with a heart of gold dude. They're both incredibly sweet and well-meaning. Yeah. But the cinnamon roll dude is definitely the one who will make you dinner versus take you to dinner. The meathead dude is going to pick you up after he goes to the gym. He's going to have showered. And get a cheat meal. He was going to have showered at the gym. He'll be real fresh. Real fresh. But, like, both still decent dudes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with meathead dudes. I think they're hilarious. I think they're funny. The majority of the ones that I have known or do know aren't creepy or gross. No. And that's, like, an awful stereotype that I think people who work out a lot or, like, care a lot about their 
their physical, physical appearance. Yeah. Um, they get that where they're like, oh, well, you're like a player or a woman, and you're kind of dick. Like, no, even back in the day, like, we were talking about our friends who were like MMA fighters. Yeah. One of them was very clearly an asshole. And the other one was just kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're a precious baby meathead. Yeah. That's just how it is. Um, I would prefer a meathead over a himbo any day. Oh, yeah. I don't want a himbo. They don't, they can't have conversations. Just, just why? They're kind of dumb. I don't want to deal with that. Um, let's see. Since we're talking about the rent fair, and there are lots of costumes. Yes. What costume do you find the sexiest? At a renaissance fair or in general? Let's do, let's do in general. And then we'll do at a renaissance fair. I'm trying to think of, like, costumes that I've seen people in that I think are sexy. First off, I want to say... Turning any kind of an animal into a sexy animal is stupid. Stop doing that. I think anytime I've been an animal, I haven't tried to be sexy. No. Or or at least I try to go more cute than sexy. You know what I mean? Because, like, definitely I was a deer one year, but I was a deer wearing camouflage. I go, That was really fun. I go as, um, the last couple years, I have dressed up as a wolf. Like, the big bad wolf, mm-hmm. but I'm dressed in the hunter's gear. Yeah. So I have, like, my jeans and my boots, and I've got my denim, or not my denim, my um, flannel on. Yeah. And then I've got the tail and the ears, and I do the makeup. So I go as the big bad wolf. I guess we really wolf, need but... to talk about, like, what men generally go as for purposes of this Renaissance fair. I mean, so... Or, like, like for costume purposes. Because, like, you can go as anything to a Halloween party. But I feel like men tend to gravitate towards something that is comfortable for them. And super So easy. they're like, I'm a cowboy. I'm a construction worker. Oh, the cliche. You know? Yeah. And you're like, cool. That's but, real creative, dude. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and I also feel like they don't go for sexy. They no. go for funny. Yeah. Which is totally fine, too. I'm thinking of all of the Halloween parties that we've gone to in the last several years, and I'm trying to think of any of those costumes. The sexiest person... Was always Devon. <laughs> it's always Devon. Oh, his nipples are just everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, I don't know. I guess as far as cliches go, it's hard to mess up men's costumes. It is hard to mess up men's costumes. Because they're very much the same. Yeah. But I will say that I'm always down for a sexy pirate. Same. I don't, I'm not a person who loves men in uniform. No. So, like, the cops and the military and I don't the, want that, that kind of stuff, that doesn't get me going. No. But, like, I also kind of talked to a dude who looked like a sexy pirate for a long time. Uh-huh. And that was, like, <laughs> oh my God. the most fun. Um, uh, I want you to know she once sent me a picture of this dude <laughs> wearing a striped shirt. And I was like, okay, but why does he look like um, Shmi from Peter Pan? <laughs> that wasn't when I thought he was a sexy pirate. No. But, like... No. Um, I think, you so know, funny. a Highlander would be a great one. Like a kilt and like... I don't know why we don't see more kilts. I feel like a lot of dudes, especially when they're a little bit like less mature, uh-huh. want to do like, well, I'll just wear a skirt and be a crotch dresser. And I'm like, okay, go for it. But why doesn't anyone ever hit the happy medium of a Highlander in a kilt? Why? Listen, I don't know what it is about a man in a kilt. That's, I just like that. 
I okay. think it's attractive. We have to preface this, but it has to be the right man in a kilt, though. Yes, it has to be the right man in a kilt. Because they have seen actual men in kilts just out in the world, and it always kind of throws me off. Uh, my former roommate has a kilt. Do I like him in a kilt? No. Why does he have a kilt? Because he's Irish, and they go to the, um, the, the Highland Games. Why? If you could see the face that she is giving right now. I'm not, uh, I'm not having it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, would that mean, though, that your favorite Ren Fair costume is going to be a sexy pirate? Maybe. I don't know. Ren Fair stuff, like, is kind of whatever. I think knights are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, although the armor is kind of strange. I don't find that in any way sexy. Is it as part of the get-up, you know. Is it, like, the act of being a knight in the... Is that what you prefer? Maybe. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I liked I liked having a pirate. Okay. And I liked Mitch in a kilt. <sighs> okay. Um I've never been to a Ren Fair. I've seen photos though. Um, I would be really down for a bar wench. Sure. But that's because cleavage just everywhere. We know that. Yes. Um the one thing I find very strange, though, is that there are fairies at the Ren Fair. Um, yeah. It's all about, like, folktale stuff, right? Yeah, okay. So, like, if this was a Greek fair, uh-huh. like, Greek mythology type thing, yeah, like, a Mount Olympus fair, you would have, like, nymphs, right? That makes sense. So, like, kind of the equivalent there is okay. what I'm thinking. Okay, that makes it sense. It is a little strange. I don't, well, but that's because I have a very specific like when it comes to the fae, and it's not little fairies with wings, that's... Well, and even in a lot of their own folklore, it's not fairies with wings, exactly. right? That's yeah. a very recent, like, European version. It is, yeah. Because, like, if you think about, like, Merida, that's not fairies, that's Will-O-The-Wisp. Like, Will-O-The-Wisp, yeah. Like, same concept, different image. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they serve the same purpose. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Can we, we have to talk about bookstore names and books. Because they're 10 billion times better than actual bookstore names? Yeah. I'm sorry. I understand that you want the word book to be in your title. Yeah. Because you want people to know your bookstore. Make it a pun. Just read them and read made me so happy. <laughs> I love a good pun. It, it was a good pun. It was a good pun. I like a good, like, punny, like, store name. Mm-hmm. Of any kind. Restaurant names, being punny. But I do have to say, the bookstore names in books tend to be better than actual bookstore names. Okay, I'm sorry. You were just talking about, like, restaurant names. In my mind, instantly, there's a place in Kansas called Slim Chickens. <laughs> and it has, like, the best chicken waffles ever, but it's, like, almost a fast food joint okay. kind of thing. Yeah. But when you said restaurant names that are pun, Slim Chickens just popped into my head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so good, though. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they tend to be better. I mean, we've got... So we have here, we have mostly books, which makes sense to me because they sell mostly books. Because they sell other it's things, fine. too. Um, and then, you know, you have the romance, um, only bookstore in California, which is The Ripped Bodice. Yeah. That is the best name ever. Yeah. 
And then there's um, the other romance in Chicago, I believe. That's Love, Sweet Arrow. But we don't have, like, we have Changing Hands in Phoenix. And then we have, like, Bookman's. You know, which is more of, like, a resale place. Yeah. And then we have, like, smaller bookstores downtown, too. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Antigone? Yeah, Antigone. Antigone, yeah. And, like, I get it, but I feel like easy to remember, easy to pronounce pun, you're good to go. If we were to have a bookstore, we would 100% overthink and make sure we have the best pun Oh, yeah. I can't tell you any now, but you best believe I'd have a list. Oh, we would have a full list. Oh, yeah. And it would be amazing. I'm really good at coming up with um, business names. Yeah. For businesses I will never own or run. That's the best. So if anyone like consultation, <laughs> let me know. Um, but yeah, it's just, I feel like this isn't the first time we've had a great name for a bookstore. Because we've read no. a few other bookstore yeah. themed romances. romances, which I think is interesting. They're, they're not, none of them are coming to mind right now, which is awful. Well, that's because that one was in that uh, Christmas trilogy that we hated. Ugh. That's I don't even I, own that anymore. I don't know where it was. We locked it from our memories. Yeah, it's gone. Okay. And then the other one was some kind of vacation one that I can't remember. <laughs> my brain is gone. Yeah. But we, I mean, we just ate dinner and my brain is still on curry. That's what happens. Um, so I liked I liked the idea that everyone at this Ren Fair had a real job outside of the Ren Fair. Because they were, like, like Simon is the English teacher, Mitch is the coach, um, PE teacher. And, I mean, they had hired performers that came through. Yeah. But the bulk of this fair was done by volunteers that are also other things. Yeah. So, like, a lot of it was, like, the students were doing things. Uh Um, The ladies-in-waiting were the students. Caitlin got to be one. Yeah. Um, And then the queen of the fair owns the bookstore. She owns Freedom and Week. And then she gives Emily a job at the bookstore. Yeah. Which is my dream. I want to work in a bookstore so badly. But I would feel like never have any money. Yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, (laughs) that wouldn't go so well. No, I would never have any money. Yeah. None. There would be no monies to have. It would just be like, why do you even work here? Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, it was kind of nice because... It wasn't just a town where everyone knew everyone. Uh-uh. It was also a town where everyone, in some other way, was impacted by others that they directly worked with. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool thing about small towns. And we talk a lot about small towns because we have either lived in one or we have family that lives mm-hmm. in one. And so small towns are really just this weird phenomenon yeah. where it's either everyone hates each other everyone loves each other. And Willow Creek is fortunately one where everyone seems to really love each other. Yeah, they have a really interesting dynamic as a town. And small towns are just kind of gossipy by nature. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. Because if you're going to know everyone in your town, you're going to know what they're doing. So I thought it was strange that Emily's sister didn't know anybody. Like, she 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 kept to herself. Yeah, she kept to herself. She didn't get involved in any of it. Mm -hmm. Any of it. Um, And I like that at the end she finally got over that and started to go. Like, they went to the Ren Fair together. Yeah, but it was a trick. It was a trick. <gasps> but it was such a good trick. I'm always scared of those tricks. Are you? Well, okay, so, in books, love it. In real life, 
No, thank you. If people were trying to trick me into something, it would give me, like, so much anxiety. I wouldn't like that. No. Um, how do you feel about hand fasting? Um, it's like a weird version of being engaged, right? Yeah. Um, I think for the purpose of the red fair, it was adorable. Well, she initially got roped into hand fasting because they didn't have enough people. Literally and figured. Yes. And, um... <laughs> made me laugh after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was a good opportunity for her to interact with Simon. Mm-hmm. When he is probably being closer to his true nature. I thought it like was... Like a more carefree person. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that she kind of had to wrestle with Simon as Simon outside of Renfair and Simon as the pirate. But it's the same thing as, like, when you see people outside of work. Uh-huh. And you're like, Ugh. I run the opposite direction. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. You yeah. have your work person versus your at-home person. Yeah. It's just how it goes. She has a hard time kind of reconciling that, though, but the difference between the two. She kind of says, you know, I prefer one over the other. Her own attraction just really clouds it because yeah. she hates him, kind of, from the game when he's really, like, disdainful about her not filling out the form correctly. But then as soon as she, like, sees that he's having a good time and he's smiling and he's this, like, charming, outgoing version of himself, mm-hmm. she's like, ah, shit, like, now I'm a puddle. Oh, but it was so adorable. Yeah. I it love- was great. So the whole thing is, is they get into this fight. They start dating. Yeah. And then like, they get actually dating. Actually dating. And it's the cutest thing in the entire world. They have the best time ever. Simon actually feels happy. She feels like she has a place. Uh-huh. And then, as all romances want to do, they have the falling out. Of course. You know, you're not staying here. Um, you know, I have to do this all on my own. Or, you know, his Simon's only focus is the Ren Fair. Like, the Ren Fair is ending, and he's already thinking of next year. And then he turns into this buttoned-up, boring... Yeah, and and so they they end it, and Emily's upset about it. Obviously, Simon is as well. Um, and after some, you know, some talking and some planning and, and everything, they have the fake hand fasting at the beginning of the Ren Fair, and it's the last day. Emily has quit the Ren Fair. She cannot that be there. Up just like did her dirty. Yeah, she can't handle she it. Can't handle yeah. it. Um, so she quits the Ren Fair. She says, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way they get her to go is it's, you know, her sister wants to go to see her daughters. Yeah, she so does. haven't been this whole time. I want to see what she's doing for the, the last summer. day is supposed to be way more fun. Yeah. So they show up, mm-hmm. and they walk around, and they do all the fun stuff, and, she, you know, she finally gets to see the Ren Fair as a patron, as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who volunteers and works there. And they come up on the hand fasting, and she's like, I don't want anything to do with this. And her sister's like, no, no, you have to come. And it's like, Simon is going, no, no, I'm not the pirate now. I'm just me. Mm-hmm. And they do the hand fasting together. And it was so fucking cute. It was I good. don't normally like all this mushy bullshit. Like, we know that. Yeah. I don't like the mushy bullshit. But this was adorable, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought I it was too. super cute. Super fucking See, cute. See, this is the kind of, like, romance that I think would be nice. They don't have a meat cute. No. They have kind of a meat hate. They have a meat hate. And then it just develops from there. Yeah. But not in a way that's like, oh, that's unrealistic. Like, this is a whole, like, on first sight 
you don't get along. But yeah. once you get to know someone, maybe you like them better. And that's what a relationship is. I think I liked this so much, not just because it was super adorable, but because it was a realistic progression of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... It wasn't they, like, slept together accidentally and then they're madly in love or, like, whatever. They weren't in danger. They didn't have the danger bang. Nothing like that. No. They have the, we have to figure out what the fuck is going on between us because we can't keep doing this anymore. They also, even though they didn't have great communication all the time, they had better communication than, like, most other couples in romances. They did, yeah. They talked about a lot. And I think it helped to have her, at the big culmination of their, you know, their breakup or whatever, um, it helped to have her turn around and kind of tell Simon, listen, you only think about the red bear. Right. And it's not okay. And it was hard. Yeah, it put perspective, you yeah, know, obsession. Yeah. Um, so the whole point of the hand fasting is that they're going to be together a year and a day. And at the end of the book, which was the cutest part, is they go to the woman who owns the bookstore. I cannot remember her name. And I feel Chris? terrible. Chris, yes. She's the one who plays the queen. So she's the one who presided over the hand fasting. Yes. And so it's been a year and a day after their last hand fasting, the one where it was Simon and Emily and not the pirate and the bar wench. Um, and he shows up and he asks Chris for permission to marry her because it's been one year and one day and they decide, he decides he wants to marry her and it made me cry. <laughs> Who even are you in this? I don't goodness. know. I don't know. I it was I high on emotions from being sick and like I was no longer sick and I felt great finally. I don't know. It made me cry. <laughs> it was really sweet. It was very sweet. Yeah. Um so I enjoyed this one a lot. Uh-huh. I'm very glad that I read it. I'm very glad that we had the opportunity to read it. And I definitely think I want to read the next one. Yeah. Like, 100%. So... Well played. Well played. Um, so, well met is a greeting. I was unaware of that. Really? I had no idea. Girl. But I also haven't gone to a rent fair, so I wouldn't fucking know. But that's fine. I was... Nice to meet you. Yeah. It was, it's yeah. a well met, how are you kind of a thing. It's a greeting. Um, so, we know how I feel. So, before we get to my rating, what was your rating? What would you give this? I'm going to give it a four. A four? Okay. I'm going to give it a four. Uh-huh. There really honestly wasn't much missing from this for me. No. At all. I think it was cute. I think it was sweet. It was a lot of what I look for as far as both the HEA and leading into a next level book. Yeah. And that, I think, is really important. And it's a really hard thing for a lot of authors to do. Yeah. Um, I felt... Mostly connected with the characters, which is probably what's keeping me from making it a five, is that even though I'm a teacher and stuff, and I've had to put together weird events, Renaissance Festival is not something I would ever dare tackle. Ever, no. It ever. seems like a huge undertaking. It's just, it's so much work. So, I mean, characters were well-written. Mm-hmm. Like, there weren't any characters that I hated. And, you know, usually we have, like, one character, like, ugh, like, they're so terrible. There's always one that we just cannot stand. But there wasn't a, a character in this that I had any issues with. I liked really all nice. of them. Yeah. It, I think for me, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. Um, it was everything that I wanted. It ticked, ticked all of the boxes. Okay. But we know how I am when it comes to cutesy, cutesy, cutesy romances. Right. Um, it was adorable. And I will give it that. And I loved every second of it. 
but I think I want more. And I think okay. that's why I'm not going to give it a full five stars. Okay, so hear me out. Okay. For like a spin off. Yes. Small town. Okay. Caitlin. Okay. Okay. What if a spin off is a lesbian romance where Caitlin falls in love at, in like a couple years with like Mitch's niece from an older sibling? I can get behind that. And it's still Red Fair themed. They meet because they're working on Fair because Uncle Mitch has to do this every summer. And her parents ship her off to Uncle Mitch's because she's now like 16 or 17 and they're like, you're a hellion. We can't handle you. Yeah. Go spend time with Uncle okay, Mitch. But like, right? Like, wouldn't that be a great spin-off? I would love a YA version of this so much. Especially in like small town open and accepting setting. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> Jen DeLuca, if you're listening, can we have that place? Please. 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 Just for reason. Just <laughs> first off, I think, you know, I think it would be gorgeous and fun. And sweet. Again, and especially sweet. with her style of writing. Yes. Yes. Or it could even be Queen Chris. <gasps> her grand whatever. Yeah. See, there are options here. What if it was, and if you have to make it older, so several years later, what if Caitlyn is the queen? It's her first year as queen. First year as queen. And she falls in love with the lady in waiting. <gasps> oh my god, I want that so bad. I'm just saying, there are options here that we would like to explore. So many options. Not even because I'm like super into like lesbian romance, but like, wouldn't that be just a great storyline? It would be a beautiful storyline. For not just YA, but just romance in general to take. Yeah, and I and you're right, Jen has a very sweet writing style, mm-hmm. and it would make it just gorgeous and beautiful and just saying. so much fun. Just saying. Even better would be if it was somehow a person of color. <gasps> I don't. I don't know. We're just saying. We're just We're saying. We're just saying. <laughs> we, have, we have some thoughts. We have thoughts. You can come to us. Um, like I said, our email address is in our show notes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, so you gave it a four. I gave it a four and a half. We I both mean, that's really pretty liked good. It. Yeah, pretty good for us. Yeah, that's pretty pretty solid for us. I mean, yeah. we can be very critical. So uh, oh, we are. We oh yeah, we are. We're a little judgy. Uh, a lot judgy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just listen to some of our past episodes. Um, so we, with, uh, well met being done, we would like to let you know that next time, um, we are actually at the end of August, which means we're going back to our normal schedule of two episodes a month. We're done with our apology recording. <laughs> our apology recording. Yeah. Um, so next time we, uh, actually switched it up from what we had initially planned just due to some scheduling, re- scheduling reasons. So next time we are going to be reading, you had me at Ola by Alexis Daria. Yay! And I'm really excited about this because this is an own voices and I oh there's telenovelas in there. Oh good. And as someone who grew up in a very Hispanic small town, I've watched a lot. So I'm really excited about It'll this. Be one. Fun. It'll be a blast. So join us next time. So as we discuss um You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. And until then, remember bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye.